Let us read Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every, every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is only one Spirit, one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God and uh, Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every kind of wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up to him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as, part, as each part does its work. May the Lord give us the grace to understand this word. I bring to you then... The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. Not promising to, uh, to bring everything that uh, we find in, but just a summary. A summary of what it says there. I want to bring to you this then under the heading, A Well-Functioning Body. A well-functioning body. Now we all know that the Bible teaches us that the, 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 the church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. Christ himself is the head of the church. And therefore all leaders are under Christ as under shepherds of the body. So just to uh, explain where we're going with this. If we begin verses 1 to 5 of this chapter that we've read, we understand that we work together. We work together. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, 5, we, it's, it speaks about the unity that we work together in peace, uh, where everyone is humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another. Therefore, we need to, as a body of Christ, 
need to make effort, every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Because of all these things, we understand that one is not better than the other. All of us are by grace parts of this church. Because all of us have the same Lord. We have the same faith. We are baptized into the Lord by grace. And we have one God and Father of all who is in all, through all, and who is over all. So that sets the basis for the church. The church is the body of Christ in unity, working together, called by the same God through the same way, the same methods, the same grace. All of us are in this body. None of us can say, I've got a better baptism, or I've got a better faith, or I, I serve a better Lord, and therefore I need to be better. And no one can say, well, I, I don't have such a faith, and therefore I need to be somewhere down in the, in the lower levels of the church. No, that's not true. All of us stand on the same basis before God in terms of our salvation. And that makes, makes us brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's, we, don't, we don't follow a system in a church, in our church, whereby some people are, you know, high, and some people are low, and in between you get a whole range of ranks. All of us are in Christ. You know, we said that, and we, uh, we understand that. And then... <clears throat> We are all given gifts by the victor. And our victor is Jesus Christ. Okay, that's why it says, You have ascended on high and you have left captive your captives. And just for the sake of the children, I don't think they understand the, uh, the, uh, the expression, captives, captives led in the train. You might think of a train on a track with a lot of carriages in it. Now, what happens there in the in, 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 in olden days was this. A king would go out, he would make war, and if he wins the war against the other king, what would happen is he would take some of the things of the people, and some of the people will then follow in a procession that is what called the train, a procession. And when they come back into the capital of this victorious king, the people will be on both sides of the streets and they will cheering on their king as he comes back with what he took from the other country. And even those who were taken captive, they will be displayed as a way in which they'd say, well, we've won the war and these people we've brought home, and they will be our slaves. That is, that is the whole example here. Um, uh, Jesus Christ is our leader. He's our victor. And he went and he, he won the, the, the battle against the devil. And he took from the devil what, belongs, what belonged to him his people, and, and even places in this world where he reigned as if he was the only king. And now Jesus, being victorious, brings home the 
the only different here difference here is that he does not he does not uh, take slaves to become his workers he frees those who are slaved to work for him but the point is the world belongs to our Lord Jesus and there's nothing that his church would lack in doing their job because Jesus took everything off the devil and he restored it as it should be to be what belongs to God he sanctifies it and therefore we cannot and we should never say Lord but we don't have the means well we might not have the money in the bank we might not have all these things I'll tell you what we need we don't need money in the bank we don't need all sorts of ways of methods or means to do things you know what we need we need faith in our Lord Jesus Christ we need to to say Lord if if this is what you want us to do then it's good then we'll do it and you provide for us the means okay we need a vision do you know what a vision is? A vision is something that takes you along. A vision is something that says, I will not rest until I've seen this done. And uh, uh, Linton was with me in assembly. And there was a moment in the assembly that I sat there and I felt like I could get up. And not that I would, but that I could get up and just shout it out. Let's trust God. God, the question is not, do we have the money? The question is, does God want us to do this? And if this is right, we should say, let's do it. Okay? Let's get past this idea that we need to have money in the bank first before we start doing things. Let me get past this thing that we've got an investment and the, West, and the investment will look after us. That is not right. That is a worldly way of thinking about things. The investment does not look after us. God looks after us. Where did we get the investment in the first instance? Where did we get that in the first instance? God gave it to us. And if we run dry, He will provide for us. And He has done so. Can I just take you back to what happened there in, 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 uh, in Exodus? When the Lord took his people out of the land, what happened? The sons of Israel, I'm reading from Exodus chapter 12, verse 35 and 36. Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of God, of Moses, and they requested from, wait, from when? The Egyptians, articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have their request. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. They were slaves in Egypt, in Egypt, having nothing. What did they walk out with? Everything they needed. That's what God does because He is the King of heaven. 
That's why in Colossians chapter 2 it says, He had disarmed the rulers and authorities. He made a public display of them having triumphed over them and through him. Verse uh, 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Be, but be thanks to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Look, did the Apostle Paul ever had a bank account? Did, do you think he had a bank account? I, I don't think he ever had a bank account. And yet, he, he went on ships. He traveled by, by sea sometimes. And he said, I know to be content. I know to be content. I, I don't have all these things. But nothing is impossible for me when I trust God. So, he's then given us gifts and I'll haste. Leaders to the people. That's the first gift. He gave to his people. Leaders to these people. He, he gave them Moses and he gave them Joshua. And he, and, and he gave them the judges. And some of them were hopeless. But he gave them when they were needed. And there was David and there was the prophets. And, and, and there, there were all these things that God gave to his people. And, and now he says to us, do you know how, how God would want your church to move forward? He'll give you godly men. Men who might be captured by a vision of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's what I pray for. I've been praying for these men for a long time. Today, it has been, to me, an overwhelming experience. And I did not only pray for them, I prayed for David, and I prayed for John, and I, and I continue to pray for them. Could you, would you please pray for them? You want godly leadership? Pray for them. Pray that God will give them a vision. They're a gift to us. And therefore, the purpose of it all, they have to prepare God's people for service. You know, we've got, we've got a, a picture of the church as if we are sitting on the pavilion and on the field you've got the minister and the elders playing the game. And boy, oh boy, do we enjoy what they're doing. And we sit there and we hardly know the rules sometimes, but we enjoy the game sometimes. And if they don't play correctly... Well, then we let them know. You know what the Bible says? There is no pavilion in the church. You know what? The elders are the trainers. You know who the players are? You. You're the players. No such a thing as sitting and watching. You're in it. As much as they are in it. They're going to train you spiritually so that you will become mature in Christ. That means that you grow up. You cannot remain here as a child in faith. But you have to grow up. Why? Because there's an enemy out there. What does the enemy do? 
The enemy wants to rob you of your faith in trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are not mature in Christ. We are like the, the waves of the sea being tossed about. And, and that's not the way to play. That's not the way to be in the kingdom of God. And, and therefore, when we, when we build up, we, we come to unity. We come to harmony. And then the body works together. And, and we're not sort of going in different directions. We work together like a well-functioning body. And we know our enemy because we are made aware of the enemy by our leaders. And we are trained up to face the enemy when we need to. And we are trained up to go into battle and by the grace of God have victory over this. And, and therefore, every member gives support. Have you, have you looked at verse 16 there? Every member, every ligament gives support. Not just those in, in leadership. Everyone gives support. You're in it. I'm in it. And if you don't want to be in it, you better change your mind about this. If I may say so. Don't think that I'm trying to be funny. The Bible says that you are a member of the body. You are in it. And you will be given a job to do and you have to do the, your job because the bible says that Christ has apportioned to us for his glory gifts some are elders and some are not some are intercessors of prayer and some are Sunday school teachers and some are all sorts of things to keep this body growing to maturity in Christ I hope that through this oversight of this chapter, just the introduction to it, we will know more about what the church is and what to expect of these men, of our elders and our leaders, and how we should support them. May the Lord give us the grace. Let us pray. Our Father, we pray that we will be a well-functioning body, that we will not shrink before the duties that might come our way. As we prayed for the new elders and the other elders, we pray, Lord, that the church, which is the body, will be taken along and that we will grow in our work and our good deeds to be built up, to be fit, to be strong, for the battle. In Jesus' name.